0: TruthScript Tuesday. I'm your host David Harris. Uh, we're not going to do an article review this week. We'll review some of those uh, articles next week. We're actually going to do sort of a special episode today uh, to tackle a topic that uh, is becoming extremely important on both sides of the pond. So in Europe and in the United States, this is becoming probably the central issue. Um, and Christians need to have Biblical perspective on it. So, joining me today to discuss this because he recently wrote a really great article on the subject is Jamie Bombrick. Bambrick, Bambrick, Bambrick. Lovely, nailed it, <laughs> nailed it. Thanks for joining us, Jamie. So, um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about immigration or migration. Um, I this is sort of just popping into my head. I, I mentioned that we're not gonna we're not we're sort of gonna have a discussion about this, but the goal is. To give Christians a really, um, a really clear picture of how should they think about this topic biblically in a macro and a micro sense. So on a macro level, if you're going out to vote, which candidate should you support? Which which policy should you, uh, what policy should you support based on p- biblical principles? But then on a micro level, how should you treat and deal with people who are coming from other lands? very quickly, very rapidly changing the place that you live uh, practically overnight in some cases. Uh, Really, how how should you look at these people biblically? How should you think about the situation? Um, You know, how can you show Christ's love in this situation, but also, you know, simultaneously stand for uh, biblical principles of of, of law, justice, things like that. Uh, So I guess to set a context before we really go any farther, uh, Jamie and I both have fairly unique perspectives on this uh, issue. So um, we'll just sort of take turns kind of giving our perspectives and talking about the current context in in either place where we live. So Jamie, why don't you go first? Um, and if you want to sort of re, uh, recap, you know, some, some points of your article, but what is going on in the UK with migration, immigration, what do you call it? Um, what is this phenomenon? How long has it been going on? americans aren't going to be as familiar with this necessarily though the situations are almost exactly the same now um can you just give us kind of a, a a bullet point overview of not necessarily bullet point but an overview of the situation in the uk
1: yeah great yeah so um in the uk we've had mass immigration really since the mid 1990s so the blair government functionally opened up the borders and we had a very small level of net immigration until that point and it has been a key political issue in a number of different areas so it was not the primary reason for brexit but it was the secondary reason it was number two on the list the primary reason for brexit was uh, national sovereignty but the second reason was mass immigration and wanting to get control of our borders um in spite of that fact the conservative government ostensibly conservative government in the uk has only made things drastically worse in that regard and they're going to get voted out this uh, coming uh, towards the end of the year they're going to have another election we don't have them in set we don't have them in November like you guys do but it'll be towards the end of this year whatever date they pick and they're going to lose that election uh, by an absolute landslide really over this issue um we've got to the point now so uh, i'm in northern ireland so we are part of the uk but we're also very closely connected obviously to the republic of ireland where it is also a massive issue in the uk we're at the point now where one in six people in the country are not born in the country um you have the particularly and probably the most concerning element of it is a sort of radical islamic uh element that has really shown itself over the recent conflict um in israel so whatever your perspectives on that are very concerning for us locally is that there are hundreds of thousands of jihadists or pro-jihadist people living in the uk uh you have migrant rape gangs that have um been assaulting you know thousands tens of thousands of young british girls um there's been and the police don't look into it um because of you know they'll get called racist for doing so they'll arrest anybody who talks about it um so so you have all of that going on and then in the republic of ireland they've also had the same issue it started probably slightly later but it's also been the same thing for instance last year there was over uh, so one in 36 people in the republic of ireland have moved there in the last year uh so the equivalent in america i i worked this out before coming on would be 10 million people coming into the country in a single year um which you know so so because it's small population right so percentage wise that's what that would be um so, so this is this is causing um a lot of problems um there there are probably a few big ones number one would be uh, the cost of housing The the primary driver of poverty in the uk is the cost of housing um i work for uh, we, we do a, a food bank as part of our church and uh, the number one cause of poverty we see it over and over again is that people can't afford rent uh, so they pay all their money out just to have somewhere to live i have friends to the south of the border they you know i have they have good professional jobs and they are sleeping on people's sofas because you know they they can't find somewhere to live. There, there was a case recently where I had other, other friends that were looking for somewhere, and there was, in the entire county, there was one house available for rent in the in the whole county. Um, so so that, that, that is a huge issue, and that's being driven by this massive influx of demand for housing. You bring in, you know, 600,000 people net per year, as we're doing in the UK, 100,000 plus net per year in the Republic of Ireland, That's that's a huge problem. Crime is also another one. So we find. So I, I don't know. I've heard. I've heard in America that that even illegal immigrants. Maybe you can maybe correct me on this later. But they they perhaps commit crimes at a lower rate than the general population. It's very much not the case um, in in Europe or in the UK. I think you you're gonna you're gonna there's correct no me. To that's no. fine. There's no way yeah. to know. Yeah. Because, right. because that like this the way that the statistics are counted. There's
0: there's really just no way that you can know that. Sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. And I expected that that would probably, that sounds like a finessed uh, statistic there, you know, damn lies and statistics. Um, but it, but it very much so when you, when you break it down in the UK or, or in, uh, in Europe, um, Denmark did a big study on this. You know, they found that, well, you, you get immigrants from Western countries. They're very law abiding, broadly speaking. Um, you know, obviously you have the odd bad egg, but people that are coming from other countries, that are western that are that are you know advanced nations they're 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 pleasant and they contribute financially and they they don't commit crimes but you get ones from middle east and africa they commit crimes at extraordinary rates so um i think in my article i'm trying to remember what the exact stat was yeah 70 percent of violent crimes in paris were carried out by non-french participants or perpetrators yeah. last year uh, so so that's that's enormous right Um, So that's the third one. Uh, That's the second one. And then the third one is just the breakdown of culture. Whenever you bring in people that do have a radically different culture, and probably the the main way in which you see this, as I said, was radical Islam. But when you you bring in people that follow a completely different uh, religious ideology, that hold to Sharia law, that are more likely to join isis than the british army which is true of british muslims Um, that's that is a massive cultural shift that is not a positive one for the people that live here british culture has like any culture positives and negatives um but the destruction of the positive sides of culture here is is not a good thing and that's very much happening so so that's kind of a broad you know sort of quick quick Style, but here's where we're at. I mean, what what about yourselves? So your yeah, your yeah. So our situation, similar I mean,
0: we've similarly had a we've had a steady rate of of. I mean, I'll just I'm just gonna use the word illegal. I it's, it's it, can, yeah. it can be triggering, I guess, but um, we've had a steady rate of illegal immigration for because because here it is just people walking over the border, um, finding mm-hmm. a hole in the fence, sort of um, more often than that. There's a very very big business that we have on our southern border in getting people um across with them coyotes the, the guys who run run mm-hmm. that whole that whole show uh they usually work for the the drug cartels uh not a lot of people know this it also goes on on the canadian border um in remote parts of maine and and, and other other areas right. up there but um usually with drug running but the the, the southern borders is, is where the main shows at so anyways really since the 1980s we've had um uh, sort of a steady influx, mostly economic migrants, people who are looking for work, usually, um, you know, picking vegetables in Arizona. That's like the sort of the the stereotypical thing. You know, doing construction in Los Angeles. Um, really, what we've experienced over the last three years—it's been three years now—is uh, completely unprecedented. There's never been anything like it in our history. So the number that number jumped out at me because you said it would be the equivalent of 10 million in one year. So since the inauguration of our current president um three years ago we have had between five and ten million people come in that we know about so those right. are our our border patrol has gone from um a you know patrolling the border to a concierge service so they mm-hmm. they now functionally they pick up people and they they bring them to a processing center and then the, the system the system is has has gotten to such an incredibly insane like it's just like a uh, denial of reality on a daily basis. But um, basically the way it works now is you walk over, um, you take your passport or your, your ID, you actually throw it away at the border or burn it or something. Then you're processed. You you go directly to the border patrol. You find them. In fact, when they walk over, they call 911. They're picked up by the border patrol. So it's the whole thing is flipped. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're taken to a processing center and then you, you, kind of just say where you want to go. If you don't know where you want to go, then they'll send you, like, if you're in Texas, they'll usually send you to Chicago or New York city. Um, so what we're experiencing right now is, um, these people are, they're coming over and then they're sort of filtering out to different, to different parts of the country. Cause obviously the United States is a massive country. It's huge. Um, but these individual cities already have, um, you know, significant issues with poverty and uh, people who just kind of live on the the poverty line permanently. There's housing issues. New York City. It's. I mean, I moved out of New York partially because I couldn't afford housing. So I, with my job, I moved to a place where I could afford housing, and even where I am now, it's becoming an issue. So, uh, in in places like New York City, there's you know, there's not really houses. Similar similar uh, impact. Um, mm-hmm. Chicago. Chicago has received a lot of, of the people who are coming in, uh, to the point that it's actually starting open hostility between the local population, which, uh, is mostly black and the, uh, where the the migrants are ending up and the migrants. So there's now open, you can see videos, like if you go on Twitter, YouTube, and you do the right searches, you can see, um, uh, you can see people fighting, shouting at each other. It's becoming hostile, um, partially because like they're going into Chicago, but they're going in. At the win, you know, during the winter, and Chicago winters mm-hmm. are absolutely brutal. So, um, some people, uh, some people have already died. There's people living in tents. Uh, you, you can't really survive. Um, so, right now, it's it's um, it's just a big giant mess. Uh, it's it was it wasn't good before. Like, our Donald Trump kind of ran on that. That was his big issue: mm-hmm. is we're gonna we're gonna put up a wall and we're gonna close the border. Which, for most people, just seemed like an obvious thing for most people that supported Trump. Um, but then like when he was ousted in, um, in three years ago, then it's like, we flicked a switch and now it's okay. No, no, no it's, this is good. We're going to bring in all these people. And, um, the only, so they can't work. That's, a, that's another thing These people mm-hmm. legally cannot work, um, because mm-hmm. they have not had their court dates. Their court dates are now in 2027. So. They have to they're, right now they're expected to live basically on public assistance until 2027, which is actually going to destroy every single city that they, they live in because there will be mm-hmm. no money. So they'll have to cut police. They'll have to cut fire departments. They're already doing that in New York City. They'll cut education. They'll cut all these other things. And so the local populations feel, I think justly so, that they are these these new folks are getting absolutely prioritized over them. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the situation for me personally, I am an ESL teacher. So I teach, I teach English to these people when they come in mostly Spanish. I speak Spanish. I I love, I love Spanish culture. You know, my, I, I, my wife is, uh, is Dominican. I I married into that culture. I'm I'm very at home. Um, but the, the population that's coming in now is very different than the population we had before, (laughs) before we had typically Mexico. Uh, and now we're getting more like Honduras, uh, more remote regions of Guatemala. Which means that the students that come in are also very different. So, uh, your average ESL student would be generally literate. They would speak their first language. They would understand um, basic mathematics. They could kind of. They just you just they just needed to learn English. As long as they learn English, mm-hmm. they could kind of function okay. The um, the new sort of crop of students that I'm getting, and this is in Tennessee. This is in a remote county in Tennessee that we're getting mm-hmm. from these kids. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are actually functionally illiterate. They can't read or write at all. They, um, are unable to do math. They'll, they'll be in middle school, high school. And, uh, they, they really have not had any, any education. So Mm -hmm. the strain on the education system, like that's a, that's a very, like, I'm a very sort of remote block in this whole, um, you know, this whole structure. Uh, but there's, it causes a lot of strain, even on my, like a remote county in Tennessee, Mm -hmm. even on my job. So,
1: um, yeah. 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 Oh, one, oh, thing, oh. one thing. One I, thing. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No. But, no. Go ahead. Yeah. No. One thing I, f- I forgot to mention, or or uh, well, I was given the review of the UK, but so um as I said in my article, um my my wife is Bulgarian, and so I'm similar in terms of you know married to someone that's not from here, and very happily married, and again similar love Bulgarian culture, love going out there, get stuck into all of that, and you know we enjoy that my bulgarian is terrible i can i cannot say that i speak bulgarian but i i make a very poor attempt from time to time um and similarly it's interesting i would say that pre-brexit so it's it's interesting just that timing if you said you know you used to have migra- migration from you know kind of your neighbors like like mexico we we would have been similar so we would have had say eastern european migrants would have been quite common uh, in the uk you know for for the last 30 or so years and broadly speaking everyone really liked them like they got on well they they were culturally compatible you know obviously you have you have sight you know they bring some polish food or whatever that kind of thing goes on um you know so but that's fine that's that's great there's nothing wrong with that uh hard working you know assimilated well with society again you know once you learned the language they were good um now the the migrants that we're getting are you know violent gangs, largely, and you know, radical Muslims and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's a very different quality uh, of person that's that's coming over. And it's it's in the name. I don't know if are you guys using this term, has this been called? So here it's called a refugee crisis. Anybody that shows up, they're automatically a refugee, even if they're not yeah, fleeing so any war. They're-, they're coming from France. There's no war there, but that's where they're <laughs> that's where they're coming over from. Yeah. We've started using the term because
0: we've gone through a whole. Um, the, the politically correct terms have gone through their evolution. So mm-hmm. your average Trump voter, uh, they're you know they're still going illegal, illegal like that. Illegal. they on to that. Um, I, I I mean I have a, like a term that I'm preferential to. I like the term. Um, foreign nationals because it's like, it's basically what they are. They don't have citizenship. They're yeah. here. So like, it makes like, it's the most specific term. Nobody will use that term. So I don't use it, but um, I heard right. somebody use it. I'm like, Oh, that's a really good way of describing. Um, we did. It was like when I was in college, uh, like a decade ago, it, it was undocumented. So if you said illegal, right. you would immediately get in trouble. You, you know, the undocumented, undocumented. It's like, okay. All right. I mean, it means the same thing, but whatever. Um, uh, now it's moved to migrants. So it's just migrants mm-hmm. because immigrants is I don't know we say migrants and now lately I would say really over the last few months we've seen a big push and change in terminology to now it's um uh a uh, as uh, ASs, asylum seekers so they're yeah, actually yeah. just referred to as asylum seekers you know like here's a group of you know they're the group that just got off a bus in Chicago this group of asylum seekers so that's the right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The new yeah it's the same threat. thing
1: as refugee. That's, it's moving the language to, it's, it's, it's accommodating to the sort of, uh, moral, uh, superiority of victimhood that we have, you know, so yeah. it's like, yeah, if you can call someone, someone who's seeking asylum or a refugee, in spite of the fact that there's no evidence that that's what they're in fact doing, then yeah, um, that that grants them status. Yeah.
0: So, um. So those are the contexts, sort of, of our respective very obviously very similar the same thing going on. Um, Western nations, traditionally Christian nations, um, mm-hmm. with very specific cultures, right? Because like UK, very specific culture. You can ask anybody in the world, what is you know what does it mean to be British? And people will have a rudimentary knowledge of what it means to be British. American, you know, forget about it. It's like everybody knows <laughs> American because everyone consumes American yeah. culture in in some way. Though I might. Mentioned that you know Appalachia is the superior form of American culture. Never mind. Um, but uh, <laughs> that being said, um, could you recap some of the main points of um, of the article you wrote? Just sort of, we're hit with this. Um, well, this is this is a good thing you know, from a Christian perspective, mm-hmm. where we've often been hit with. This has been the like the, the foundational issue from uh, sort of Big Eva from um, the more left of the conservative side of evangelicalism. Uh, this is a good thing because we're supposed to, right. We're supposed to um, offer refuge to the, the foreigner. We're supposed to um, uh, the, the world is coming to us, right? This is, it's missional. The world is coming to us. So this is, this is a huge blessing. Um, why is that not a biblical position?
1: Yeah. So yeah, as, as, as I see it anyway, I mean, you've, there's probably a few a few things that, that you need to look at when it comes to this. Obviously, um, so I gave, I gave the analogy at the start of the article, which was, you know, if you were asleep in your home in the middle of the night and someone comes to your door, you know, you hear a knock on the door, you wake up and there's a family outside, you know, a woman and children and she's been kicked out of her home and, you know, it's violence going on there and you've got a big house and you take that woman in. Um, are you doing something righteous? Yes, of course, like a hundred percent. You're doing something wonderful and praise God for it. But if over time you start to get more and more and more people and then you see that the people coming are not there because they've been kicked out, but just they like your house more, or they're actually the people that are perpetrating violence where that kind of woman has come from, where the, you know, those kind of families are fleeing from. They're the people that they're fleeing from and they are now showing up just and this is just a sort of logical argument rather than than getting into specific texts but but i think it's important is you know do you still have a moral obligation to welcome them in and say yeah you know you need to you you can stay here just as you have every bit as much right is that moral And, and of course your own family is starting to pay a cost of living in an environment that's now much more violent and much less safe and higher costs and all of these things that we've already mentioned. Like that's, that's not biblical. Um, I think probably the key, the key thing in terms of this is this idea of, of the sort of ordo amoris, the order of loves, um, biblically you are supposed to treat different people differently. You're supposed to, to have a different standard for different people. So for instance, the bible has commands for how husbands are to love their wives that's not an appropriate way to treat every woman in the world same with your church Uh, and then uh, that's the same is true for the political sphere like god's commands to the kings of israel pertain to the nation that they were in they didn't have the same level of obligation to every nation under the sun they were responsible for their nation being safe and protected and godly and all of what what they were called to do um and 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 that is how, how it should play out in this sphere that whenever we're looking at well what has god called the nation's leadership to do well it's he's called it to look after that nation to seek the good of that nation so you know america first or UK first or Ghana first is a totally natural, normal and good thing for the governments of the UK, US, Ghana, you know, like that's, that is the the right thing to be viewing this thing through is right. Okay. What is the lens that we're using? The lens is what is best for our people. Um, With that, obviously, then you have this, uh, this reality that migration is at its current level with the current amount of people coming in and the kind of people coming in it is not good for the people of those nations like it's posing a a serious threat uh, in a a number of different ways um you know there's a there's a significant chance that major western european nations will become islamicized very soon the first minister of scotland is a muslim the mayor of london is a muslim um you know those are those are serious concerns, and so to say that that is that the biblical mandate there is to encourage that to say that that 's good that's that's just not accurate like there's no way we can we can realistically say that so um, also a lot of a lot of what you hear talked about in this is well we 've got to care for the vulnerable you know it 's the widows and orphans. there are vulnerable people. In our nations that are being persecuted by people that are being brought into these nations right so as i said at the start you know this sort of the migrant rape crisis um if you i don't know if if the, the story probably didn't make it across the water but um what happened in rotherham and places like that where you had grooming gangs that were sort of you know luring teenage girls young teenage girls 13 14 years old drugging them assaulting them passing them around police didn't look into it who's the vulnerable person there is it is it the migrant or is it the teenage girl right well it's the teenage girl like that's that's who you're supposed to protect um there was a stabbing in london a very or sorry in dublin rather a very high profile stabbing of a, a migrant who an algerian migrant who had stabbed a bunch of school children uh, and school teachers on the street in dublin Uh, and there's mass protests after that That was very recent to say that the Algerian doing the stabbing is the vulnerable person in need of protection there Mm. is just moral insanity right Um, Douglas Wilson uh, I'm sure most readers will or listeners will will uh, be aware of him i happen to be listening to just last night i listened to his he does like a state of the church address at the start of each year and he gave a very useful point not on this specific issue but he was talking about the, the having of every you can have a verse but is it the right verse and is it the one that applies yeah. when you have gangs of criminals coming into a nation is the verse that applies the treatment of strangers and and the widows and orphans yeah. or or is it is it actually inappropriate well it's inappropriate so yeah that would be my sort of quick take on if you want to get like biblical categories need to be properly established here i think that's the big issue is we've got a big category error going on where the default assumption is that the people that are here are not in any way vulnerable and the people coming in are automatically vulnerable and very often particularly with the kind of people we're getting in at the minute it's pretty much the exact opposite
0: yeah and again we're you know you're talking in um sort of biblical generalities right we're not getting into specific verses or passages we could do that um uh you did you know you did more in your article but i just want to tack tack on two little things to what you said one thing was you said it's not good for the nations it's not good for the nations where the people are coming from so i would take that a step farther it's actually not good for the nations of origin um so yeah. in other words if you're uh and just by way of example. Um, so we are receiving in the United States, a sizable chunk of the country of Hondur- uh, Honduras. So Honduras, most people in the United States don't know where it is on a map. They have no idea w- what Honduras is really. Um, it's just typical. Uh, it's the—it's one of the poorest countries in Latin America. Um, it's There's a, a, lot of, a lot of bad stuff that's gone on there over the last um, decade or so, but um, it's it's not in good shape. It's run essentially by drug cartels. Uh, and so if you're in Honduras, you would probably want to leave, you know. Um, but the people who do leave are the people who are able to leave, the people who have um, the, the, the physical stamina to make a very treacherous journey north through Guatemala and Mexico to come here. Um, whenever they come, they're now one more able-bodied person who is not putting in to their country. So every single person who leaves, so if you if you kind of flip the flip the tables there, so if it's a really, if this is, you know, if these are great people that are going to benefit your nation, because that's that's sort of the way that it's been sold to us over the last decade or two decades. Um, this is going to be, I, you hear this in the UK all the time, like, this is, good. this is going to be the next Einstein. This is going to be the next, like, this is where we're <laughs> going to get, you know, our pool of talent for, for yeah. the 21st century. Um, so, like, just think about that for a second. So you're going to take them, so you must really hate their nation if if you want to take them away from their nation and bring them here so you know obviously that's kind of like a it would be a ridiculous analogy in a way but uh it is true that um when you if you are taking good people and you are in a sense like these are mo- usually working people who could put into the places that they're coming from they're being told it's a lot easier to you know to come north in in uh into the united states um and you know you'll get free stuff which is which a lot of people don't believe that's the case that that's why they use the term asylum seekers, I think. But, um, my experience is working with these people. I've worked with these people for for about seven years on a, on a full-time basis. Um, there are people who do come who are fleeing specific, um, you know, I guess you could say persecutions. Uh, there's regions in Mexico, the Sinaloa region of Mexico, it's on the, the West coast is in very bad shape. It's run by cartels. It's very dangerous in a lot of ways. Um, so a lot of people do come from those regions because they're dangerous. I I had a student that actually went back because they didn't like it here. So they went back to wow. that specific region. So you, you're seeing, we're starting to see that too because people are coming here and they're like, oh, it really, this isn't really all, this isn't the dream that I was sold. And we're kind of like the working people are like, yeah, like you think this is easy for us? It's not even easy for us here. So um, so I guess all that to say is um, the, the majority of people who are coming are not, they're, they're economic migrants. They are here because they're, they're here for Disney, Disney world. They're, they're here because if you come to the United States, then you can get stuff. Um, but there is, there's an issue with, um, uh, as you said, conflation of, of categories, uh, where you're, you take a verse like the widows and orphans verse, right? So James, uh, chapter that's James two, right? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, you know, this is the Christian. This is the basic Christian ethic. Care for widows and orphans in their distress. Who is doing the caring? Right. Who 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 is he mm-hmm. talking to? Is he talking to? And so if you just take that and throw it out into the ether, then you could make that you could make that mean anything you want to. You could use it to justify sure. any political uh, move. But like it's talking to it's talking to you. No, you are supposed to care for widows and orphans. So how do you apply that verse? Right. Mm-hmm. Go to your church and find out who the wid- widows and orphans are. You know, who do you guys know about personally in your life that you know now? And if you really care about people in Honduras, then go become a missionary to Honduras. You know, mm-hmm. go, go, you know, go give up the life that you have here and go serve yeah. them there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, just yeah. a couple. Of points I
1: think I, th- I do think the 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 free stuff thing is a big problem with all of this, because that's really why a lot of these people are ending up. So I lived in Sweden for a few years um, and people were ending up there for the same reason that they're, that they're now ending up in the UK, which is that they have the best available benefits package. So it's it's just shopping for benefits. There's a lot of that going on of, you know, what what is the best, what's the most free stuff I can get? That's why they're leaving France. They, they're in France, perfectly safe. France is not a particularly, well... It's becoming a more dangerous country because of can all the mass immigration. But can you, you know, unpack
0: where... that for a second? Um, so Im- people are coming, like who have been living in France to the UK. I'm not. I'm not as familiar with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, 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 so our, our migrants. So basically, in terms of illegal immigration, right? Um, there's there's vast numbers of people crossing over the English Channel from France to the UK. They get on a dinghy, a small small boat i don't know if, sorry i don't know if you call it a dinghy and yeah <laughs> yeah you know what a dinghy is yeah i didn't know i just, it was one of those i didn't realize if that was didn't know if that was a uh, really northern irish term or something I'm good. right yeah yeah <laughs> so you know they get on one of those and as soon as they get into british waters the british coast guard does exactly what your border patrol does which is acts as a concierge brings them in and they get put up in a hotel they get an iphone or whatever they get put on benefits until again they can have their court case in years and um the, so, but but they're coming from france like the, the the country of origin obviously they've they've they're they're originally from other places but right. you know you, you meet these people they've traveled all across europe they've been you know they started off they probably came through turkey or through greece then moved their way through eastern europe didn't fancy that germany nah not not so great france you know no, we don't like that. We'll we'll keep going until we get to the UK. And the UK has become the sort of ultimate end destination for a lot of people because it gives them the most free stuff. That's why they don't want to stay. It's not that they're fleeing a war in France, right? This idea of a refugee is someone who's fleeing a conflict, which is, again, yeah. the term that we're being sold. And I don't know what I'm sure there's probably slightly different takes on this. I think you can make an argument that Jesus as a baby was a refugee. I think that some you could make that. It doesn't seem unreasonable to me. But what did he do? Well, obviously, he was a baby. But what did Joseph do? Um, well, he went to the next country. Which paid was his own part of way. the Roman Empire. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So he just went, just hopped across the border. Yeah. Stayed there until it was safe. Paid his own way. Likely with the, the gifts that the, the Magi had given them. that probably funded their stay there. Probably worked as well. He was a carpenter and then went back as soon as it was safe to do so. Yeah. Like, that's that's a, that's a refugee. I, I think you can make that case that that is, if, 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 I, I don't know if everybody, I know some people don't agree with that. Maybe you don't, I don't want to say that you do. On, no, I'm, on I'm 100% I'm with you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's, and that's fine. I totally, like, I totally get that. But this idea of, well, I don't like my country and there is some violence there. So I'm just going to find the place that will give me the most free stuff and keep going. That's, that's not a refugee. It's not the right term. Um, I don't know how we got into this. Sorry, you asked me to unpack that a bit more. But that's, yeah, <laughs> no, no, so that's, that's no. so the, the, the majority are coming ultimately from, they're not French, right? But that's the country they've been in before and they've normally been there a while. And they prefer the offer that the British government is making in terms of the amount of free stuff they get.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I so I have sort of a specific question to move into Um, how do we, as a Christian, right? So how do we... um how should we approach this on on a micro level? So we have these people who move in next to us. They're in our community. We can't stop them. Say we can't stop them politically, which actually is my first question. So I just want to deal with that. And then i want to pull up, I guess we'll do this at the end. We'll pull up um, sojourners and we'll, uh, we'll go through the verses and see if they apply or not. So we'll we'll table that for a minute, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So in Ireland, uh, I guess I'll give the United States context first. So in the United States, what is the political solution? Well, Um, there's a lot of political upheaval in the United States. There has been for three years now. Um, It's, you know, most Americans are, there's a massive, so there's massive migration going in within the United States, unlike anything in in our entire history. You know, so I live in East Tennessee at the foot of the Smoky Mountains. And uh, the overwhelming majority of people that I interact with on a daily basis are from Southern California overwhelming majority. So they've, over the last two to three years, they have come here in droves and now they're living here. So that drives up housing prices that creates an economic issue as well. Um, You know, and not, and not that like, there's not a lot of, I don't have like ill will towards them. I moved as well, but, um, and they're trying to get away from, from a state that doesn't respect their values. So, uh, so I get it, but um, you know, you have that going on simultaneously. So The political solution, so on a macro, talking on a macro level, the political solution here would basically be to reelect Donald Trump. He's the only one who is, um, who's, he's running on, we're going to have the biggest, he said it like last night at a rally, we're going to have the biggest uh, mass deportation in history. So like his, you know, his, uh, and and there's a part of me that's like, yes, you know, (laughs) I guess you kind of, it's like, let's go. Um, But the...
1: Don't say that on the internet. No, you'll get we'll get cancelled for this if you if you agree with that. No.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't say whether I agreed. Well I guess I Right,
1: agree. yeah, yeah. Um you said part of you was like yes. But the me, other was, part, part, part was me. was 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 very big Eva and said, no, absolutely not. There was everybody another part who's of me. here is a dreamer. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's a part of me that's a dreamer. Um so yeah, the other part of me said this is awful. Uh so um all that to say is the political solution in the United States basically would be to elect. I, I won't single out Trump. Would be to re- elect one of the Republicans that is is running. So um, it, it really at this point it would be either Don, Ron DeSantis, our governor of Florida, or uh, Donald Trump. You you like one Nikki of them. Healy?
1: You're not you're not excited about Nikki Haley?
0: No, I, I'm not excited, but it's more the, it's more Republican voters are not excited. <laughs> that's one issue. Yeah. Um, so, and, and also, and she's not running on real, that's not her issue. No, she, no, her no, big no. issue is uh, Ukraine. That That's sort yeah. of Ukraine and, and Israel and Hamas. That's, those are sort of, she's running on other countries issues. She's not yeah, really yeah. running on this yeah. one. Um, so. Now, to me, the likelihood of of Trump getting elected again is slim to none. I I don't I don't really see that happen. I don't see how they're going to let him if he's going around saying we're going to do mass deportations. That seems to be the point of every government function, the functionality of every government like organization right now and non-government organization is to bring people across the border, like Mm -hmm. to bring them into the United States. I don't know why they would let him become president again, but all that to say so we can go and vote. You know, I can I can advocate for, for voting for somebody who says that they're going to do something about this. But in the UK, what is the political solution to this? What is the macro solution? Is there one? Because then that will carry us into the micro solution.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see any hope for the UK. You have the conservative government that has, as, as I said, ostensibly conservative governments uh, who have conserved nothing at any point in their 14 years in power and uh 15 coming up on 15 and uh have have uh, immigration has just gone you know it's been an exponential growth curve underneath them and only really i mean they had one politician suella braverman who spoke out about this in in a meaningful way and she was immediately fired she was a member of the cabinet you know um uh, so she was part of the government and and was fired for doing so Uh, i suppose the only sort of option Politically, that could lead some sort of turnaround in that, and I think if if he did join the Conservative Party, he would win in a landslide. Would be Nigel Farage, who is kind of our Trump yeah. figure, yeah. Um, and he he would have the the courage to do it, but uh, he's not a member of the Conservative Party. He you know he he ran a UKIP, which was a, a sort of third party option that really campaigned on brexit and he, he was the reason why brexit happened largely so he has massive popularity uh also a lot of uh, similar to trump he, he, half the country hates him half of them really like him but if he were to join the conservative party and get made the leader which is uh, again chances of that happening are pretty much zero but if that did happen which there's some talk about will he at some point maybe do that because people will never vote for a third party it's the same as in the states it's going to be the republican candidate right um yeah so he would be the only option i think the more possibly um beneficial line and this is probably similar in the states as well probably more possible in the states because you have the state system um is to focus a little bit more locally than nationally and so to sort of think right what about uh city councils and what mm. we do with you know right do we fund hotels do we accept a greater increase in migrants in this specific area I think you can maybe make a bit of difference there it's very difficult um because we don't have that same level of um uh, sort of states rights as as you would have because yeah. we don't have states but Northern Ireland is a province and if Northern Ireland got together and decided we we were not going to play ball with this and receive x amount of people um then then we could hypothetically do something there so yeah politically uh, there's not a lot of hope those are a couple of ways in which there could if you know if i was saying what are the realistic political solutions i would look locally with a hope that maybe one day a figure like Farage and I'll get in trouble for backing Farage and again, like trump he has Not with he me has but... <laughs> pl- 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 plenty of yeah no but the the i'm sure someone someone will uh, write a letter um to, or send a tweet um yeah that would that would be you know. He would be the the most viable candidate for something of a turnaround, but there's no one else out there. The Conservative Party are not going to do anything, and the Labor government are even worse. So, which yeah. will be they will be the Labor government. Sorry, in it. Is there the... is there
0: an attitude? Or, so this attitude is actually kind of creeping up in the United States a little bit. Um, is there an attitude at all that's like you know what just just burn it all down, just let's let everything collapse and crumble and kind of build something from that? Yeah. Do you get that sort yeah. of? Yeah
1: yeah yeah that's happening yeah i think there's i think a lot of people are losing hope a lot i think a lot of people are are leaving as well i think uh you know upwardly mobile um and we're probably a wee bit more inclined to do this than americans so you know people go to australia go to new zealand go to eastern europe that kind of thing um yeah there's there's people looking at doing things like that um and yes, I think there is a sort of nihilistic outlook on the future of the nation, um, that a lot of people so Peter Hitchens is a very well known writer here. Yeah. Um and uh, he's he's a Christian. I, I I don't really like his takes, uh, but he's he's his takes are um reflective of a viewpoint that's quite prevalent, which is mm. yeah, it's far it's too late, it's done, nothing we can do. You know, get out while you still can is kind of his take. So yeah, that's the thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, I've 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 followed him for a while, for probably like ten or ten or twelve years. He's he's very fatalistic. He's like, yes, yeah. You listen to him, you're like, man, he's so smart. I'm so depressed though now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't think it's a very Christian take because I do think as Christians, you 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 know, and regardless of eschatological opinion or anything like that, you should have faith. You should believe that God can do something that, and you know, that He can work these things for good. Um, but it is hard to see a practical political solution. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I guess that takes us into then the personal solution. So how do we, how should we approach this on a personal level, which is kind of the most, um, you know, I think we've already said in dealing with a macro thing. So like, we're going to advocate for, for policies and, and that's what we're doing right now. And that's, you know, like with the article that you wrote and the video that you made and like TruthScript script publishing it. So that's, that's doing that. That's trying to sort of just, convince people or or you know reason with them that no 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 this this is not biblical this is actually not a good thing that they that our our leaders are doing right now um we this would be the biblical way mm-hmm. so we can do that we can try to reason with people and then we can vote and you know <laughs> there's only so much we can do but then when the rubber meets the road um how should we think about these people who move into our um into our neighborhoods and into our nations and and our states and everything so like for me I'm working directly with these working directly with their kids, they come in and, and uh, like, for me, it'll be a struggle because I'll interact with them. And I'm a generally just very amiable. Like it's hard for me not to be friendly. I'm not very good at being like mean. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of guy who would go to a protest and like just accidentally make friends with the, the other side. Um, I, it's not just not really in my nature to be as combative. Like I can in my head, but then when I actually get out there, I'm like, Hey, you know, so, um, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't have really a lot of a struggle with that having more struggle lately it's been it's been harder to, to have a good attitude I guess with um, with with even the, the students that I work with but um, I guess so my question would be so you're you're in full-time ministry um, I'm in part-time ministry but work with these people full-time how how, how do we how should we look at these people um, what what does the Bible have to say about how we treat them uh, what our goals should be and in our interactions with them?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same as with any lost non-believer, right? Uh, th- assuming they're a non-believer. I think if they're a Christian, then hey, great, you're here. And you know, we, we've been, so one one slightly interesting factor, I suppose, just to throw in to that discussion is that 50% of the evangelicals in the Republic of Ireland are foreign-born. Um, wow, Ireland. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Ireland, Ireland is the, from an, if, depending on your view of the Catholic Church, right? But if you don't consider Catholics to be Christians, I think there are faithful believing Catholics. I have big problems with the Catholic gospel. Right. Um, so, but if, if you view it as the percentage of evangelicals, if you're looking at that, it's the least reached nation in the English speaking world. Wow. Yeah. so it's about it's about one percent evangelical and half of them are foreign born so a lot of them are coming in and actually involved in church and they're helping reach people i know pastors from across you know the world basically who are in the republic of ireland and praise god for that so if you've got christians and they're here you can assume that they're here for good reasons i think you want to your default assumption with the people that you meet should be a positive one with within reason right i mean you don't in the same way that you know you can you don't sort of um, forget to lock your door or something like that but you know you want you want to have a default assumption that most of the people you interact with are hopefully here for good reasons until you hear otherwise you want to start with compassion kindness and, and warmth and you know obviously then ultimately if they're not saved you want to reach them with the gospel i think that that is probably the, the the solution in britain would be a mass revival amongst the islamic population like that would really that would help us a lot given that um given that yeah as you said there's there's no political will to turn this thing around so well how do, how do we see the nation saved uh, politically and culturally well i think we see it saved spiritually i think that that is what we need to be praying and interceding you know for so so i don't think it's particularly complex or different when dealing with someone from elsewhere i think you just go you know treat them the way you're trying to reach anybody that you're trying to reach you don't have to get into that conversation i don't think you should shout go home you know something like that is is you know actually it's unkind and you don't know that they're here illegitimately you don't you know you don't know that and that shouldn't be the default I think it is important actually that's one thing that I that I notice on this issue and I think that the that conservatives do need to do on this issue and that doesn't mean you change the political side but we do need to guard our hearts uh, against you know bitterness or um, anything like that when, when it comes to people being from elsewhere I think no we 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 want to reach them bless them love them and as they come to faith baptize them get them into the church Mm. and you know hope, hope i think that 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 is ultimately going to be a if if you had two options if you had one option where you got a political solution to this issue without significant national repentance and salvation or you didn't get the political solution, but you got the national repentance and salvation, the national repentance and salvation would be the better thing because you can actually, our culture is built on Christianity. Hmm. So even if these people are from elsewhere, give them, give them the faith, disciple them, let them be discipled for a few generations that can, that can actually work. You know, even if, even if I still think that you could Christian nations should perhaps have different cultural emphases and so on uh I, that's that's not a terrible solution um so so that's what we should be be doing i i don't see a sort of particular spin on that that i think we need to put um maybe maybe you do, I don't know you you work with them probably more than i do as i said i'm married the one that like, i interact to a reasonable <laughs> level but you, you you probably have have more um do you have a lot more day-to-day interaction with people from elsewhere so do you have do you have stuff that that you would add to that or change in that regard I mean, category conflation, I
0: think. So it would be very easy to, because in a sense, the nations are coming, right? So I, you know, I was a, a short-term missionary. Over the course of three years, I was in South Africa and Mozambique right. when I was in my late teens and early 20s. That's where I learned to drink tea properly, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> uh, like, so I, I, I have had a heart for missions. I've been to the Dominican Republic on missions trips several times. I, I love that whole, that whole Um, mission side of things. I find it very exciting. I find it, I like inter, I like interacting with people from other cultures. Um, that's one of the things I really liked about living in New York because there's so many people from so many different places, which, you know, I, which I'll probably get, you know, problems for that, just for saying that from, from some followers. But, um, so, but I do, I like that. I mean, I like, I like other cultures so much. I married into one. So, um, Uh, but you know, I do love my own culture. I do love, um, you know, I, I love my family. I love my family history. I love that too. I don't see those things as being mutually exclusive. I can love both. Um, now, uh, like when it comes to categories, you, if, if I'm taking advantage of the fact that all these people are here and, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to share the gospel with them. I this is great. I'm going to, we need, I'm going to be missional. There's not, there's no contradict uh, contradiction there if your categories are correct. So the whole, (laughs) this whole issue coming from, especially like the mainstream evangelical side is because there's really, it's just ripping scripture out of context, as we'll see in a minute. when we look at some of these verses, Um, Mm -hmm. my, what I do personally verse what I'm responsible for versus what my government is responsible for. And I'm responsible to hold my government accountable for are two different things. They're not the same thing. They have their, their job is not, you know if the government's job is not to preach the gospel that's my job right now they can make it easier that's that's their job but mm-hmm. i'm the one who's supposed to do that uh so if if they're not doing their job and that means that people come in then that's another person for me to preach the gospel to and and my my job i've actually had more opportunities with um you know with foreigners than any other group of people um i've mm-hmm. had i've had incredible opportunities where it's like it's hey tell me about jesus what's this all about you know Um, I worked with Chinese students uh, when I first started, I taught social studies and I worked with mostly Chinese students and I had some amazing opportunities um, to, to share Christ with them. And now working with, um, with mostly Latino uh, students, there's actually, I'm seeing a shift where there's a lot of interest in evangelical uh, theology. Like a lot of them are actually coming, going from Catholic to evangelical. There's a lot of ministries that are popping up all over the place So I see, um, like on a again on a low. I'm not talking on a government level. On a government level, Mm -hmm. I think you put the border up because you need to love your own people. That's your job. Mm -hmm. But on a on a micro level, on a local level, um, and and again, like same in the United States, like localism is kind of where where we're going. Municipalities would have to you know stand up to who they're going to allow into the area or not. But um, as long as these people are coming in. Uh, and there's these opportunities. I would say we got to take advantage of them. Like if there, yeah. if if there's an opportunity, if if the Lord is sending these people, um, and revival is 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 a possibility, then you know we should be the workers in the field. So yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, same situation here. But again, that's and I have to you know I have to check my own heart all the time because it's very it's easy for me to conflate those categories. Yeah, because it's yes. sort of like in the opposite way. So I'm not in danger of you know, taking the macro and moving it to the micro. I'm in, I'm in, or um, rather like ripping those scriptures out of context and becoming an advocate for open borders. That's not a danger at all. My, what I have to look out for is I, I hate what's happening to my country. I think this is awful and terrible. Don't apply it to the one, the person sitting yeah. in front of me, yeah. right? Because yeah. yeah, they they actually might be, you know, they might be uh, somebody to to recruit for the kingdom. Uh yeah. so I have to be so we everybody has to be careful about conflating the categories, but I do too. Um that's kind yeah. of I guess yeah, I'll,
1: I'll yeah I agree that. With that. I think that's that's real biblical wisdom. I think that's so important. Yeah, no, I totally agree.
0: So I guess to to sort of wrap up here, um uh, just for fun, um so we're gonna go back to just kind of the, yeah. the the, ridiculous nature of um the way that um Big Eva, the evangelical left, what's kind of become the evangelical right, has pushed um these uh these these policies on the church and kind of mm-hmm. um kind of primed primed christians to to accept them uh so we're gonna look at sojourners nice
1: and, so just because we've just talked about biblical wisdom that's that's the obvious next step is sojourners a, yeah. yes
0: exactly wonderful so what we'll do <clears throat> is we'll um why don't we switch back and forth so we'll re- i'll read a verse and then um uh, we'll figure out, does this apply to, uh, the, does this apply to the mass migration phenomenon or not? So I guess we'll start with the first right, one. Why yeah. you take this? Uh, Genesis 23, four, I am a stranger, and alien residing among you. Give me property among you for a burying place that I may bury my dead out of my sight. Yeah. So does that apply to Moroccan people, uh, coming into Northern Ireland?
1: i mean in some in some sense it could I, hypothetically i think what's interesting about this is that abraham insists upon buying it at the full price genesis 23 he refuses he is not going there for the free property he is insisting upon buying it um for for the price uh, so this is not uh give property to anybody who shows up for any reason <laughs> free of charge uh this is someone who was legitimately living in that area obviously it was slightly different because he uh, abraham was a slightly nomadic figure but he was he was there with the permission of the people of the land and he bought the land so this was not benefits tourism on behalf of abraham
0: okay i'll take deuteronomy ten nineteen. you shall love the stranger for you are strangers in the land of egypt i mean you could take a general again there's like there's so there's You have to take the context into account you could generally say you know if somebody's still like i don't know i guess the principle here would be don't be a jerk to somebody because they're different this is like veggie tales god made everybody special you know like it's about as much as you could extrapolate out of that i think for for our situation currently i don't you know you can't really take that you can't go from that to anybody should be able to walk in across your border you know and Mm -hmm. they should have you know free things given to them okay Leviticus 1934, the alien who resides with you shall be a citizen among... Oh, all right. I don't know. I'm not sure what translation they're using, but the alien who resides with you shall uh, sh- shall be to you as a, the citizen among you. You shall love the alien as yourself for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord, your God.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think obviously that um, there's a couple of things on that. One is that the citizen among you has to be law abiding. Citizens should be... Um, law-abiding in in your country so that that is an important element to being a citizen of somewhere that also implies that the citizen that they have a responsibility in terms of adopting the culture of being of assimilating well uh, and not just sort of running running out and doing their own thing Um, and and it doesn't again give any sense of like okay this is who should reside among you i think that's the big thing this is not saying anybody who happens to cross your border, because, so, if, for instance, um, am I here on my own now? Are you still here? Just for oh, just for a moment. Oh, <laughs> you, oh, you disappeared. you disappeared. I was like, oh, am I? I'm not in charge of the stream. <laughs> Welcome to my channel, everybody, my new channel. Um, no, uh, so, so, uh, interestingly, right, if that was the case, um, King David, when he was fighting off the Philistine, you know, uh, invaders, um, was not following this verse you know oh, that's so, true. So, yeah. yeah like no none of the kings who defended israel were doing were, were doing this verse so i think you need to you need to actually um you know categorize that correctly as to is this someone who is uh, you know living here in goodwill are they assimilating are they being like a citizen acting in a way that follows the law or are they coming in and taking advantage stealing and, and causing harm and, and yeah. That's a really good point. Applicable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause <laughs> yeah. So, so just open borders is real. Um, all right. Let's see. De- Deuteronomy 27, 19 cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the for- foreigner, the fatherless or the widow. Then all the people sh- shall say, amen. That's kind of in the same vein of the, the one up there. So I'll just move on to the next one when they were mm-hmm. few in number or when they were few in number of little account and strangers of the land, wandering from nation to nation from, One kingdom to another, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked the Kings on their account saying, do not touch my anointed ones. Do my, okay. So I'm not even sure what the context of this passage is, but I don't, I don't think that Yeah, it's gotta be first Chronicles 16. That would
1: be, yeah, it's gotta be Israel. Israel in the wilderness. Is that, it has gotta be speaking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's just the common thread of like, um, you guys were, you know, you guys were sojourners, so then treat the sojourners, which again, yeah. like as a general principle, you could take. But. Yeah.
1: So, so it's kind of a useful analogy for a lot of these is going to be, um, the poor, right? Which is, you know, the Bible has these instructions for caring for the poor. Um, but those are not unilateral instructions that have zero wisdom or caveats to them. So it talks about giving justice to the poor, but it also talks about not, not, uh, favoring the poor in court that you, you should not you know you should not be lenient it also talks about if you don't work you don't eat you know so, yeah. so these these things are, are, are generally true but they there's also wisdom around them as to how those people are are coming in right
0: yeah yeah you sound like, you kind of see that in this one too so job i was the eyes to the blind and feet to the lame i was a father to the needy and i championed the cause of the stranger i broke the fiends of the unrighteous and made them so you know it's <laughs> A specific context, right? Um, you can extrapolate a general principle from it, but it's not, um, uh, you know, not, not broadly applicable to 21st century foreign policy, or uh, uh, I guess it would be foreign policy, domestic policy. Yeah. All right, you want to take this one, Psalm 146: 9. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. By the way of the wicked, he brings them to ruin. He brings ruin.
1: Yeah. So I don't think they like the last part of that verse, the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. I think they're going to avoid <laughs> Very, very, like, so, yeah, like, God, God is concerned for those who are vulnerable, Um, which, so you're not allowed to do wickedness to people because they're from elsewhere, obviously, that includes the stranger, right, but also the way of the wicked he brings to ruin, so if you go to someone else's country and you act wickedly, he is opposed to you, right, so the standard here is righteousness, not uh not just the oh by default as a stranger you are righteous
0: yeah exactly yeah all right well i think i'm well let's jump over to the new testament because um these mm-hmm. these are kind of just they get a little repetitious um so matthew five forty three to 44 you've heard it that you've heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy but i say love your enemy and pray for those who persecute i'm not really sure what are that, are they uh,
1: admitting that? Are they admitting that some some people are being persecuted by people from elsewhere? Is that what they're tacitly I mean, agreeing I mean, to in mean, this? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And then, like, even with this one, so I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was, I mean, so yeah. that's Jesus talking. Uh,
1: yeah. So
0: I mean, if yeah. people are hungry or thirsty, give them again. It's, it's yeah. again, it's that it's that conflation of your personal responsibility and
1: you know let's uh, apply yeah apply any of these to someone so so, again the 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 analogy of a household is useful if someone comes to your house and they're genuinely needy you should endeavor to help them that does not mean that you put your own family on the street in order to do so neither does it mean that someone that comes and is attacking your house that this is the right verse to use right all all of them kind of break down when you go okay is this what this is referring to no right. it's
0: not. yeah 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 definitely yeah. and then it like um like i was looking through the article that i wrote a few years ago um and i brought up actually a, a very popular book in um like big eva circles uh it's called when helping hurts and it's uh yeah have you
1: read that one no i've i think i've listened to like a podcast maybe i have I, uh, but I've definitely listened to something on it like a few years ago. It's about aid, isn't it? It's about international aid. Yeah. Is that, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: at the time, it was, the, the book, I mean, I I thought there was some really good stuff in it. I read it sort of as a post-short-term missionary and, and mm-hmm. just trying to understand, because I saw a lot of things that kind of bothered me when I was on the mission field um, about just like these teams from the United States coming in and doing stuff that the local people were able to do, but they would come in and sort of, you know, they didn't speak the language. So there's... You know, just smiling and playing soccer with kids and stuff, your normal short term mission stuff. And then they'd smile and go home. Uh And then they would leave and like, you know, they would like we'd drill a well. But then they, when, when they would leave, the well would just fall and disrepair because nobody would keep it up because nobody knew how to. So it, mm. it just got into this like continuous thing where, you know, you come in, you fix everything, you, you know, run a BBS program, you leave. And then everything just goes back to the way it was. Um, So I read that book to kind of get some perspective on, well, how should you do this? like biblically correctly. And there's some really good points in the book. I I don't agree with all of it, but basically the, the main, um, crux of it is, uh, you, you extend aid to somebody, um, when they're at their most needy point. So as soon as they get to a point where they're able to, um, you know, and and it's not talking about benevolence or gifts, it's talking about like aid. So when do Mm -hmm. you go out of your way to bring aid to somebody? you do it like after an earthquake after a you know a natural disaster after during a war like that that is when aid is most um needed and valuable and when you should give it if you're just going into a situation where people either are not willing to take responsibility themselves or don't know how to then you're not actually helping you're actually pro- mm-hmm. you probably are hurting so it's you know i mean there's some 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 uh yeah some nuances, I guess, with, with it, but um, a lot of it had to do with applying these, these particular verses um, in, in the, the biblical way, which I just think is ironic that, so when they're like, even like Big Eva, like it's, like, it's very popular. So when it's applying to short-term missions, it's one thing, but then when we take it up to our government level and it's like, we're talking about policy, all of a sudden that all goes out the window and it's just like, well, you know, redistribution to people who aren't in, in the nation. So Anyways, I think we can probably leave it there because I think we'd just be doing uh something somewhat repetition uh, repetitious. Sure. But uh um thanks for uh thanks for coming on and um you know giving your perspectives and trying to get a, a biblical uh view of this. I think um I think this whole thing is probably gonna like we'll have to rediscuss this as time goes mm-hmm. on because the situation is so fluid and it's changing so quickly that applying these biblical principles uh you know to to our respective nations and, and locales is going to is going to change um it's going to mm-hmm. shift it's going to be different yeah. and, but the bible still applies um yeah. you know and the, the 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 overall goal of you know preaching the gospel and discipling people according to the teachings of the bible is that remains exactly the same that doesn't change um yeah. you know no matter what's what's going on mm-hmm. so yeah. Uh, yeah any any final thoughts uh
1: nothing Nothing. but actually one is um if so, th- th- we need a book on this someone needs to write a book yes. on this topic yeah. um and if if anybody is out there i definitely don't have time pro- or really probably the skill um but if there's someone out there that has, has a heart to write a book on this i think it will be a blessing to the church to to have a really good resource put together on this that tackles um this debate thoughtfully um, yeah, and, and from a, from the from that sort of from the perspective that we've talked about, where it's it's you know it's not just pro open borders um, because those are the books that are out there. So that would be yeah. if if anybody watching is thinking of doing so, I would absolutely buy it. So I'm sure other people would too. Oh
0: man, I'm thinking now. Okay, all right. Yeah, we gotta yeah. we gotta figure this one out. <laughs> Truth yeah. Script Press. Um, nice. Yeah, so it has a, has a ring to it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, th- again, thanks so much uh, for coming on. Where can people find your stuff?
1: Yeah, just uh, search for my name. Um, I've got a YouTube channel under my name, Jamie Bambrick, and the same on Twitter um, or X or whatever it's called. So that's where I post my stuff. And yeah, you're no, very welcome to check out the channel. And you can find some of his words at truthscript.com.
0: Again, TruthScript is a 501c organization. If you would like to donate, you can go to our page. If you would like to uh, write, you can also do that. Um, and we will see you next time. God bless everybody.